Trevor, we're clear. Hello, friends, and welcome to another edition of our Animated Disney Classic Series, exclusive to you, our Patreon saints. Thank you for all your support, and we hope you like the show. I'm Michael. Next to me is Jason. Hello. And not across the internet from me as well. Ah, yes, that's what it says. <laughs> it does say that. I'm here. I'm <laughs> live and in person. Present. Well, in this episode, we're going to look at the very first animated Disney classic, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, released in 1937. It's also America's very first animated feature film. While the first ever was actually created in 1908, created by Emil Cole and called Phantasmagory. <laughs> yeah, that'll put butts in seats. With Walt Disney, however, the historical moment in motion picture history changed the medium of animation worldwide since before 1937, short cartoons took up the majority of animation. And while in production, many in Hollywood were even more skeptical, christening the project Disney's Folly and sure to bankrupt the studio. Though, as would become usual, Disney proved them wrong, and it premiered to a widely receptive audience and was giving a standing ovation. And it went on to become a major box office success, making more money than any other at that time. And it is estimated that more people saw it in its general release than Star Wars. Huh. Some would say it's the Star Wars of its time because it was so innovative. Yeah, well, they only had that train going through the tunnel movie at that time. And the... um, Phantasmagory. Oh, yeah, and Phantasmagory. And the rise of Hitler. But that was just what's going on. Yeah. And the evil hag kind of looked like an emperor. Yeah. Still more plausible <laughs> plot line than <laughs> Rise of Skywalker. Well, in fact, for a short time, it was the highest grossing film in America's cinema history. It was removed from that spot by Gone with the Wind in a few short years in 1940. The film was a critical success and recommended for both children and adults, and even to this day, certain scenes in the film, particularly those featuring the witch, are regarded as some of Disney's most frightening moments. So let's peer into that wishing well and sing to the birds as we dive into Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Dwarfs? Dwarfs? Dwarfs. 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 It should be dwarves. Dwarfs. Yeah. Dwarfs is the not. traditional spelling. Yeah. I, look, I had to look it up. So Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs is a 1937 American animated musical fantasy film produced by Walt Disney Productions and released by RKO Radio Pictures. And based on the 1812 German fairy tale by the Brothers Grimm, it is the first full-length traditionally animated feature film and the first Disney animated feature film. The story was adapted by several storyboard artists. Do you want to hear all their names? (laughs) Are they fun names? Like Skip Dipper? old-timey names. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it. Dorothy Ann Blank. No, that's not too bad. Dorothy. Richard Creedon. Eh. Meryl Damaris. There we go. <laughs> Otto Englander. Okay. Earl Hurd. Dick Richard or Dick Rickard. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Ted Sears. And finally, Webb Smith. <laughs> ah, yep, that'll work. David Hand was the supervising director while William Cottrell, Wilfred Jackson, Larry Moray, Pierce Pierce. What? Or Purse Pierce. Purse Pierce. <laughs> what? His parents are jerks. <laughs> and Ben Sharpstein directed the film's individual sequences. Oh, it could be Percy. 
Oh, still, still Percy Pierce. Percy Pierce. That's yeah. just what is he like a cartoon character? There's, I'm sure, alliteration is fun. Yeah, for fictional people. Nah, Lois Lane. See, fictional. You can't think of one. So, little Dorothy Dunn, your <laughs> your young daughter. You don't like her name? Is that what you're saying? No, I don't recognize they call her. her. Dot Dorothy Dot Dunn. <laughs> is that what is that what Dot comes from? Yeah. Okay. Dottie Henson was Dorothy. Henson? Dottie Dunn. Yep. Mm. I guess so. Dorothy. She couldn't hit the curve. No way. That was Kit. Apologies. Well, speaking of Dorothy, who was on the silver screen around this time in Wizard of Oz, mm. Snow White premiered at the Carthay Circle Theater in Los Angeles, California, on December twenty first, nineteen thirty seven. Like I mentioned, it was a critical and commercial success, and with international earnings of more than $8 million during its initial release, compared to its $1.5 million budget. It briefly held the record of highest-grossing sound film at the time. <laughs> we, don't really, we don't really make that <laughs> distinction anymore. No. The popularity of the film has led to its being re-released theatrically many times until its home video release in the 1990s. And adjusted for inflation, it is one of the top 10 performers at the North American box office and the highest grossing animated film. And worldwide, its inflation-adjusted earnings topped the animation list. Snow White was nominated for Best Musical Score at the Academy Awards in 1938. And the next year, producer Walt Disney was awarded an honorary Oscar for the film. You know, I don't want an honorary Oscar. He didn't on- either. He was mad about yeah, it. I wonder I why he got it the next year. Because, I don't know. They're like, we need to get Disney up here. He's he's driving the ratings. Yeah, he seems to be doing something. But this Oscar was cool. It was unique because it consisted of one normal size plus seven miniature Oscar statuettes. Yeah, and they have the video of that with what's it, with Shirley Temple giving Shirley that Shirley Temple. Isn't this great, Mr. Disney? Yeah, it's fine. Thanks. <laughs> so, uh, quick update. The highest grossing sound picture is Avatar. Yeah. Yep. So well, far. Today. Sound film. Sound film. <laughs> There's that, a lot of sound in that film, too. That's what I would, as, uh, the, if I were a movie reviewer, reviewer. <laughs> it was a sound film. Yeah. <laughs> it was adequate. Well, Snow White was more than adequate because in 1989, the United States Library of Congress deemed the film culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant and selected it as one of the first 25 films for preservation in the National Film Registry. And it has indeed had a significant cultural impact over the years. Information for this episode was gathered from Wikipedia, the Disney Wiki, Internet Movie Database, the back cover of the DVD, and other miscellaneous websites. <laughs> really? That's where I got the plot summary. Oh. I mean, you didn't actually pull it out of a, a library shelf, did no, you? No, no, I looked it up. Go to the library and get the Snow White DVD. <laughs> no. Find My- out where it is from the card catalog. Not the White Clamshell. It was never released in the White Clamshell. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Are we going to find out about that later, or is that just a thing? I found out about it, but I didn't What was it released it. in? Like, paper it, sleeve? No, it came out in... It didn't come out on home video until 1994, because it wasn't... It was too special. And it wasn't in the clamshell then? Mm-mm. What, what was, was it, it in? in? I don't know. You can't say what it's not in. It wasn't one of those, like, Disney classic, like, the clamshell that were all released at the time. Well, they just so. put it in a plastic bag? I don't know. Maybe it was a clamshell then, but it wasn't one of the original clamshells. You just got the tape and you had to hold it up to the light. <laughs> oh, that looks nice. <laughs> I bet this would be better with sound. When was the first time you saw Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs? Ah, come on. I don't know. Probably all the way through relatively recently within the last 10 years. When but you did your it's one of those rewatch. that's like, 
Huh? When you did your like full princess rewatch? Yeah. It's one of those that's like you've you've always seen parts of it. Yeah. So but I think the the first time I remember consciously sitting down to watch it was then. I guarantee I saw it in the eighties at some point. Yeah. And definitely in the nineties. But I didn't go to the theater to see it. I saw it in the theater in the nineties for sure, but like you all, I remember seeing parts of it in the eighties. I just don't know if I saw the whole thing. Like I remember seeing like the the climax of the film, like on one of those like eight millimeter things they had back then. Um, but I don't remember if I ever went to the theater in the eighties. Yeah, I don't know. Couldn't say. All right. Well, what's your one sentence plot summary? Huh. After a tiff with her stepmother, young girl runs away to move in with some guys she just met. Mm. Tale as old as time. Yeah. Mm. Disney tale as old as time. <laughs> yes. Uh second pettiest uh evil queen that we've seen in these movies just hates a little girl for no good reason. And then sorta of kills her. But then not. Yeah. She may the... be the pettiest, actually. She may be worse than Maleficent. So Maleficent was mad because she didn't get invited to a party. But there was more than that. There was background there. That I'm, we were led to believe there's that there was more going on there. I than think that. it was she was just like, "Hey, next time you guys have a party, put me on the group text, please." But she's also and an did. evil witch too. Like, no, she's a fairy. Okay, well, she's an evil fairy. Why? She, because she's green. Yeah, <laughs> she may have been invited, but maybe her crow got lost in the air or something like yeah, that. Yeah. The message. Well, she was literally. I, I, I'm I'm changing mine now. The queen in this one is the pettiest villain. She's prettier than me. She has to die. Slightly prettier than she you. She is slightly prettier than me. I'm going to send an assassin in the first five <laughs> minutes to kill, not only kill her, but I want her heart in this nice box. It was a nice box. Yeah. That movie all happens in the first 10 minutes and the last 15 minutes. You know what? Yeah. It's like a basketball game. Yeah. Well, here's the actual plot summary. You didn't give one. Oh. Um... Evil queen throws out her stepdaughter. Allegedly. And she's rescued by seven men. Mm. I wouldn't watch that. Dwarves. Dwarfs. All right. The actual plot summary. The beautiful and kind-hearted princess Snow White charms every creature in the kingdom except one. Her jealous stepmother, the (laughs) queen. When the magic mirror proclaims Snow White the fairest one of all, she must flee into the forest where she befriends the lovable seven dwarfs, Doc, Sneezy, Grumpy, Happy, Bashful, Sleepy, and Dopey. But when the queen tricks Snow White with a poison apple and falling into a deep sleep, only the magic of true love's kiss can awaken her. That's what I got from the back of the DVD cover. (laughs) Now, the Disney Plus plot synopsis was like, watch this classic. (laughs) Oh, no, it was... uh, Watch what has been called the greatest animated <laughs> film of all time. And if you don't know, what if you Period. came in? <laughs> that was it. What if you came in super cold, like Captain America post sleep? You're like, oh, okay. No, I, I, give me a little something. Nope. Like, I don't just watch it. All right, fine. All right. Without going into too much details, best thing ever or garbage? I'm going to go best thing ever. It's a simple story, but I find the animation amazing for the 1930s. And there's so many animals in the whole movie. I was amazed that every single one of those had to be drawn individually. You kept saying that. You also kept saying something else. Oh, the multi-plane camera? Yeah. But yeah, all those animals, and like there were so many of them. 
they could have saved so much time and money if they just cut them in half. <laughs> Not that I'm complaining, <laughs> but I'm just saying like... <laughs> but which half would they put <laughs> yeah, on I don't the know, screen? They just had so the many. poor turtle. Like, it's best thing ever for me for the turtle alone. <laughs> yeah, the turtle's great. I enjoyed every scene that turtle was in. He's going up the steps, and he finally gets there, and then everybody knocks yeah, him back downstairs. He's little beak mouth. Yeah. <laughs> it was beautiful. It's a nice little story. It's simple. I like it. Good stuff. Music's great, too. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was a grand achievement, but I'm going to have to give it a garbage. <laughs> I was Because I had pacing problems? <laughs> I was shocked when the runtime was 126 minutes. Or one hour nope. and 26 minutes? 126 minutes would have been way too long. <laughs> so one hour and 23 I minutes. Could sh- I could shave 10 minutes off, and I think it would have been perfect. Yeah. No. More than that. No, I think A lot minutes. of that stuff in the house was too much. Oh, I thought it was but delightful. They were building the relationship between Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Yeah. The songs were I delightful. Guess. He was... The yodeling. Putting the silly symphonies in a movie is what he was doing. <laughs> yeah, and those were good. Yeah, but I don't want to watch 14 hours of them. Well, nobody, back to back. nobody asked you to watch 14 hours. Well, that's what that's what uh, Snow White Make My Music was. Like, yeah. This was better than Make My Music. It was definitely it was better, better than, than Make My Music. music. But, but I think we all I gave Make My Music best thing ever. Did we? Yeah. I'm changing mine to garbage. <laughs> yeah, 100% garbage. <laughs> I remember we were surprisingly... It's not a movie. <laughs> we were surprisingly kind to it. We shouldn't have been <laughs> so nice to it. It's not even a movie. Maybe we have been drinking. Probably. All right. Well, let's go through the cast of characters. You have Snow White, voiced by Adriana Casalotti. The Evil Queen by Lucille Laverne. Bravo. Mm-hmm. The name or that? All of it. Oh, yeah. The Prince, Harry Stockwell. Ugh. I meant to look to see if he was related to Dean Stockwell. Mm. Uh, the Magic Mirror was voiced by Maroni Olsen. Fantastic name. <laughs> <laughs> the Huntsman was Stuart Buchanan. I thought that if we ever did a um a real like if we all really dressed up as Disney characters, that's who I would dress up as. The mirror? The huntsman? <laughs> the huntsman. Oh. He's got a beard, a little portly. There we go. Yeah. Doesn't kill 14-year-old girls. We thought about it. Well, he didn't kill at least one. He didn't kill that one. The yeah. only one we saw. Oh, yeah, he may have killed all the other pretty ones. Yeah. Why do you, you think don't... she asked him to go? That's kind of his thing, is killing well, young he girls. Was just probably near the kitchen <laughs> where she was. <laughs> Uh, the Seven Dwarfs were voiced by Roy Atwell, Pinto Colvig, what? Otis Harlan. Pinto, I'm sorry, Pinto? Pinto Colvig. Cool. Scotty Matra, Billy Gilbert, Eddie Collins. Speaking of dwarves, who is your favorite dwarf? Come on. I don't, do I even have to say? It's Grumpy. Yeah, he had great lines. And he was an old prospector, <laughs> and I had no memory of that. They based every old, old West prospector on Grumpy. And the only thing he didn't say was Tarnation. Well, it's kind of still the old west back then. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they weren't and that far from it. It's like the, seventy years later. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, it was really sneezy, grumpy, and the gang. Maybe Doc Dopey, and the gang. Dopey. Dopey. Oh, what did I say? You Not said sneezy. sneezy. Dopey. Dopey, grumpy, and the gang. And Doc said some things. And Doc, I guess. So he had the, he kept saying things backwards. Featuring was, Doc, yeah. he was the uh, <laughs> he was the Porky Pig, really. Yeah. yeah. Featuring Doc, somebody had to be the leader. Yeah. I guess I like Dopey. You didn't need Happy. No. He barely. He was barely there. Everybody's happy, except hmm. Grumpy. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm glad there wasn't a sad one because <laughs> he would have been inconsolable and weepy. <laughs> Well, we'll get to that. There's a lot Just more like names that they could have used. On the ground. <laughs> it's a funeral. 
I think mine's <laughs> Doc because I like you said I like the way he was like it was funny things backwards. It it had a lot of funny little gags. I really enjoyed those. Uh, which dwarf is most like you? Grumpy. <laughs> That's tough. Um, all right. What are they? Sleazy. <laughs> Sleazy. <laughs> Sleepy. <laughs> Not <laughs> snotty. <laughs> Supple. Um, There's Doc, Sneezy, Grumpy, Happy, Bashful, Sleepy, and Dopey. I guess it would be between Doc and Happy. Mm-hmm. For me. I think mine would be between bashful and happy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a little sleepy, depending on the type of day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'll go with sleepy and uh, grumpy for me, too. Like Past like 10 o'clock, I mean, oh, this singing's real nice. But... In the morning? <laughs> she's just like, she's singing a nice song, and he's falling asleep. I, I feel you yeah. on that. It's late. I mean, she was getting the water and just started singing. Like, I... I, I don't think she has a lot of friends. It's late. She you know? doesn't have any friends. She's been cooped up in the castle. It didn't seem like it. With the birds. Why was she cleaning? She was like a servant. I don't think she was. She She's was a, a princess. princess. I think she was just like... Those are her cleaning clothes? No, Maybe this just isn't a very rich kingdom. I think she was treated as a servant, even though she was like... You know how like... But we don't... So, see, we need yeah, more backstory. So. Because I think Cinderella just ripped this off, if so. Well, speaking of backstory, we have a new segment in this episode, Differences from the Source Material, mm. which will delve into the original Snow White, which was much different. Yeah. And darker. Play the different strokes music. <laughs> different <laughs> strokes you got. Different <laughs> strokes rule uh, the world. I wish I could remember. The, well, the world don't move. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> we'll beat just one drum. Man, you know what? We don't get right this these days. May not be right for some. Kids yeah. these days, they don't get those 80s sitcom theme songs that you remember from 40 years ago. Well, streaks on the China. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's just bam right before. there. <laughs> All right. Do you guys want to go backstage and learn about the development of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs? No, I want to go where everybody <laughs> knows your name. Uh, uh, it starts off with the piano, sir. I mean, come on. <laughs> there it is. But Mr. Belvedere, good pull. Yeah. Standing tall on the wings of my dream. Which one was that? Rise oh. and fall. That's um, this, uh, on the perfect wings. strangers. Yep. Uh, yeah. That's right. Balky. The rain and thunder, the wind and haze, gonna bound for better days. Ah. They um, used that theme song for the opening song for the leftovers for one episode, in which the guy that was in Perfect Strangers was in the episode as that ah. guy. Oh, interesting. <laughs> I never watched that show. It was good, but it was it was a hard watch. We don't say meta anymore. <laughs> I've said it a lot this be, week. It's going to be too mainstream now. Yeah. So Walt Disney had been contemplating making a feature film since the early 1930s, considering ideas such as Babes in Toyland, Rip Van Winkle, and an animation live-action adaptation of Alice in Wonderland. He couldn't do uh, Babes in Toyland because uh, I think, uh, was it Laurel and Hardy? Around the same time, we're also doing a Babes in oh, Toyland. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't Saw like today. That on the West Wing. Yeah, it wasn't today like where you had like two studios releasing the same movie with different titles. Competing Jungle Books or, yeah, or Arthur. Armageddon's. Yeah. None are good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it is thought that he first felt that an audience could sit through a feature length cartoon when he and his brother Roy went to receive an award from the League of Nations for the creation of Mickey Mouse in Paris in 1935. This is why the League of Nations was just. <laughs> Not very effective. It was a placeholder. <laughs> they let another world world ha- world war happen. Yeah. While they're giving out awards for Mickey Mouse. 
Well, during the awards ceremony, the theater featured a program of six consecutive Disney shorts. So he noticed like people being able to sit through like the length of them. He later wrote that Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs was an inevitable and necessary step in order to advance the studio. Short subjects, even successful ones like The Three Little Pigs, still could not provide the studio with a significant profit. Beyond this, he was anxious for an opportunity to work in an expanded format that would allow for more elaborate character development and more complex plot ideas. And it is thought that Walt was influenced in his decision by his favorite comic actors, including Laurel and Hardy and Charlie Chaplin, who had already moved from short subjects to features for similar reasons. I would argue that there's still only a short subject's worth of plot in this film. I agree, and I approve, as opposed to Pinocchio. Pinocchio was too much. Which was just 18,000 plots yeah. all in less time than this. Yeah, plot's only one part of a movie. Mm. Mm. You know what else is part of the movie? What? <laughs> the development of uh, it. You don't, have, you don't have to do this, Michael. <laughs> Nobody's asking for this. <laughs> development on Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs began in the early 1934 and in June of 1934 Walt Disney announced the production of his first feature to be released under Walt Disney Productions to the New York Times and one evening that same year Disney acted out the entire story of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs to his staff announcing that the film were produced as a feature length film and before Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs Disney Studio had been primarily involved in the production of animated short subjects in the Mickey Mouse and Silly Symphonies series Disney hoped to expand the studio's prestige and revenues by moving into features and estimated that Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs could be produced for a budget of $250,000. This was 10 times the budget of an average Silly Symphony. Oops. And if you remember before, the actual budget ended up being closer to $1.5 million. Bean counters, am I right? (laughs) (laughs) Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs was to be the first full-length cell animated feature in motion picture history, and as such, Walt Disney had to fight to get the film produced. Both his brother and business partner, Roy Disney, and his wife, Lillian, attempted to talk him out of it, and the Hollywood movie industry derisively referred to the film as Disney's Folly while it was in production. He had to mortgage his house to help finance the film's production, which eventually ran up a total cost of $1.5 million, like we just said. How many times did he mortgage that house? I feel like I heard this story for Disneyland, too. Yeah, I think he was constantly mortgaging. I bet they're still paying that off. Nah, you get it out of hock when your movie, when your picture blows up at the box office. Hmm. He ran out of money midway through, and he needed another $250,000 loan to finish the film. So he ran a rough cut for Joseph Rosenberg of Bank of America, who sat impassively during the showing. (laughs) Then Rosenberg turned to the worried Disney and said, Walt, that thing is going to make a hat full of money and approve the loan. I love old-timey sayings. (laughs) We need to get back to saying fun stuff like that instead of whatever the kids are saying these days. A sack full of money? No cap? That movie was bussin'. No, they would say that movie was going to make a lot of coin. No, paper. You get that paper now. I don't think they say that anymore. (laughs) I asked about this. Who'd you ask? Uh, Our coworker whose kid is like a freshman in high school. Uh, Yeah, so. I I guess they they do. They get coin. Get the coins. Yeah. Snow White was bussin'. (laughs) Bussin'. 21 pages of notes entitled Snow White Suggestions Oh my God! <laughs> were compiled by staff writer Richard Creedon, who suggested the principal characters as well as situation and gags for the story. You know, when Richard Creedon comes into the conference room, everybody goes, oh man, he was invited to this meeting. It's longer than, the notes are longer than the script. <sighs> he created an animated film to, to discuss the Snow White Suggestions. 
So as Walt has stated at the very beginning of the project, the main attraction of the story for him was the seven dwarfs and their possibilities for screwiness and gags. The three-story meetings held in October and intended by Disney, Creedon, Larry Moray, Albert Herter, Ted Sears, and Pinto Kolvig, Pinto Kolvig. <laughs> were dominated by such subjects. At this point, Walt felt the story should begin with Snow White's discovery of the dwarf's cottage. Walt had suggested from the very beginning that each of the dwarfs, whose names are not stated in the original story, could all have individual personalities. Their names were chosen from a pool of about 50 potentials, including Jumpy, Deffy, Dizzy, Deffy, <laughs> Deffy, Hickey, <laughs> Wheezy, Baldy, oh. <laughs> Wheezy, Gabby, Nifty, Sniffy, Swift, Lazy, Puffy, Stuffy, Tubby. All right, fat. We get it. <laughs> shorty, burpy, and even awful. <laughs> Can you just see awful and Ted. carved into one of those beds? It's I'm, so sad. I'm Ted. I'm the seventh. <laughs> I'm, yes, I'm awful. But my name is Ted. <laughs> the seven finalists were chosen through a process of elimination. Their leader, required to be pompous, self-important, and bumbling, was named Doc. Others were named for their distinguishing character traits. At the end of the October story meetings, however, only Doc, Grumpy, Bashful, Sleepy, and Happy of the final seven were named. And at this point, Sneezy and Dopey were replaced by Jumpy and an unnamed seventh dwarf. (laughs) (laughs) TBD. Leon. (laughs) Along with the focus on the characterizations and comedic possibilities of the dwarfs, Creedon's 18-page outline of the story written from the October meetings featured a continuous flow of gags, as well as the Queen's attempt to kill Snow White with a poison comb, taken from the Grimm's fairy tale. The prince was also more of a clown and was to serenade Snow White in a more comical fashion. Walt encouraged all staff of the studio to contribute to the story, offering $5 for every gag. Such gags included the dwarf's nose popping over the foot of the bed when they first meet Snow White. However, Walt was concerned that such comical approach would lessen the plausibility of the characters. I bet that guy in the theater (laughs) was like hitting the guy next to him. That's me. That's my $5 right there. That's my gag. It had first been thought that the dwarfs would be the main focus of the story, and many sequences were written for the seven characters. However, at a certain point, it was decided that the main thrust of the story was provided by the relationship between the Queen and Snow White. For this reason, several sequences featuring the dwarfs were cut from the film. The primary authority on the design of the film was concept artist Albert Herter. All designs used in the film, from characters' appearances to the look of the rocks in the background, had to meet Herter's approval before being finalized. Two other concept artists... Ferdinand Hovarth and Gustav Tengren. <laughs> Ferdinand Hovarth. That's that's the leader in the clubhouse right now. You just beat Pinto Kolvig. <laughs> they also contributed to the visual style of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Hovarth developed a number of dark concepts for the film, although many other designs he developed were ultimately rejected by the Disney team as less easily translated into animation than Herder's. Tangrin was used as a color stylist and to determine the staging and atmosphere of many of the scenes of the film, and his style borrowed from the likes of Arthur Rackman and John Bauer, and thus possessed the European illustration quality that Walt Disney sought. He also designed the posters for the film and illustrated the press book. However, Hovarth didn't receive credit for the film. I wonder why. Because wasn't it at that point it was just like, ah, you guys get to be in the credits and everybody else. And uh, the studio. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's probably is, true. is this before they went on strike? I think so. I think so, yeah. Yeah, because they that went on strike after World War II, right? Yeah. 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 Yep. Probably one of the reasons why. Yeah. Other artists to work on the film included Joe Grant, whose most significant contribution was the design of Queen Witch's form, 
Grim Natwick was given the task of animating Snow White herself. Though live-action footage of her, the prince, and the queen was shot as reference for the animators, many of them disapproved of rotoscoping, considering it to hinder the production of effective caricature. None of Babbitt's animation of the queen was rotoscoped, despite Graham and Natwick's objections. However, some scenes of Snow White and the prince were directly traced from the live-action footage. The studio's new multiplane camera gave a three-dimensional feeling in many sequences and was also used to give a rotating effect in the scene where the queen transforms into the, rich, mm. into the witch. And if you watch the movie with Michael, he'll point out every time the <laughs> multiplane camera is being used. So tired of the, of the multiplane camera. But not Michael's suggestion of it. No, of you it. should be thankful for the multiplane You should be camera. thankful. Well, yeah, I'm just tired of it. Down on your hands and knees. <laughs> we talk about it too much. Every day. Every You know when they didn't use it? Day. Fantasia. That's why it's garbage. Mm. He says they didn't use it in Fantasia. I said it. Well. <laughs> now, Michael, going, over here. going back to the topic at hand. Pinto Kovig? Yes, Pinto Kovig's art. Um, uh, something that, that I did notice in this movie um, was the attention to detail in like, especially in the backgrounds, um, uh, in the the ends of the steps in the dwarf's cottage were carved like full-on owl faces. Like, they didn't have to do that. Nobody's looking at that. Nobody cares about that kind of stuff. It's like but, all the animals. They didn't have to do that. <laughs> yeah. The backgrounds, <laughs> like, the if you looked in the back, like, there was very intricate, like, chair railing yeah. with carvings all through it. Like, it was... They did a... Like, it is definitely a visual masterpiece they also the characters like they moved more quote-unquote realistically than what i feel like you see in the later disney animated films yeah not, I not noticed, including like the you know contemporary ones but like ones that came after snow white i noticed the um that when the uh the hag was running off that's, like that's after not she, nice. What, what, what was it? I don't know. But I think that's what she. Crone. This poor old lady. <laughs> anyway, when uh, after she poisoned Snow White, mm-hmm. and everybody was coming back, and she ran away from the door, I was like, "That is an old woman running." Yeah. Right there. <laughs> and and so. when she was walking, she was hunched over. Yeah. So I, yeah. I, I I completely agree about the detail, especially just noticing all the wood carvings alone. For goodness' sake. It was like walking through a Disney park when you're mm-hmm. like, they did a lot of work in the background here. Nobody's yeah. noticing this. But that's that's but the way we I did. Know. Yeah. And if you didn't, we just brought it to your attention. You're welcome. So Disney also encourages staff to see a variety of films. These range from the mainstream, such as MGM's Romeo and Juliet, to which Disney made direct reference in a story meeting pertaining to the scene in which Snow White lies in her glass coffin, to the more obscure, including European silent films. The influence of German Expressionism, examples of which exist in Nosferatu and the Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, both of which were recommended by Disney to his staff, can be found in Snow White and their future films, particularly in the scenes of Snow White fleeing through the forest and the Queen's transformation into the witch. The latter was also inspired by 1931's Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, to which Disney made specific reference in story meetings. Those were both great scenes, by the way. The fleeing into the woods where all the woods were turning into like yeah. creatures and stuff. That was cool. That was scary. Terrifying. And it makes me, I, I worry about Walt Disney sometimes. <laughs> like I, I said this during the film, but that's what he picked for the ride. Like that insanely scale. The kids will love this. Kids like they'll think scared. they're getting on a Snow White fairy tale ride, and we're gonna scare the bejesus out of them. Mm-hmm. Well, wasn't it called 
Snow White scary adventure. It probably yeah, wasn't at the beginning. At the beginning. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Right. I don't remember. But probably right. Snow still. White ride. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> let's take let's take little Timmy on Snow White. So Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs premiered at the Carthay Circle Theater on December 21st, 1937. And like I mentioned, the film received a standing innovation at its completion. And these included people in the audience like Judy Garland, Marlene Dietrich, and Charles Lawton. Charles Lawton? Charles Lawton. I don't know him. Animator Ward Kimball recalled many people, including many celebrities, crying towards the end. And RKO Radio Pictures put it in at general release on February 4th, 1938, and it went on to become a major box office success, making more money than any other at that time. Snow White's success led to Disney moving ahead with more feature film productions. Walt Disney used much of the profits from Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs to finance a new $4.5 million studio in Burbank, the location on which the Walt Disney Studios is located to this day. Within two years, the studio completed Pinocchio and Fantasia and had begun production on features such as Dumbo, Bambi, Alice in Wonderland, and Peter Pan. The film was re-released theatrically every seven years up through the mid-1990s before making its way to home release. Being Disney's most signature untouchable at the time, the film was never released in its entirety on home video prior to 1994, and therefore was absent from the Walt Disney Classics line of releases, also known as the White Clamshells. It is now also available on Blu-ray and digital formats, as well as streaming on Disney+, Plus, which is where we watched it. So yeah, good work, Snow White. I like when you go off script. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to make it sound natural. And I I know, but it sounded so <laughs> fake. Oh. It was funny. Don't you dare cut it out. <laughs> yeah, I find it hard to believe that it wasn't in a clamshell. You call him Michael a liar? It wasn't no. in one of the Walt Disney Classics line of clamshells. It may have been in Are a future clamshell. Yeah, I'm seeing a clamshell. Was it the Walt Disney Classics line of clamshells? Uh, I don't know, but this says Walt Disney's masterpiece, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. I own this. Yeah, it was like its own. It started. It was either like a new series of films that had like that new label, the Masterpiece Collection. So I remember uh, the Evil Queen on top. You know, yeah. Like the, yeah. yeah. The old ones, the classics were the white clamshells and they had like a black diamond that said like Oh yeah, this Walt doesn't Disney have classics. That. This ha- this one has the stickers on it. First time on video, limited time availability. Disney video savings, save up to $15. Yeah, $5 that- in instant coupons on select Disney <laughs> videos. Yeah, this was a big deal when it came out. So we're like Aladdin in that? Those were the... Oh, I see this diamond. Yeah, during the 80s, the, the diamond clamshells were... And like, these are worth something? The uh, Those probably, diamond ones? Probably, yeah. And a lot of four, which includes Jungle Book, Aladdin, Cinderella, and Beauty and the Beast, is $18 on eBay. So, oh. Yeah. A lot of nine is $14.99 on eBay. So, no. <laughs> Where's the diamond? It's on the spine. Oh, got it. So, Snow White has some music. It did. The songs of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs were composed by Frank Churchill and Larry Moray. Paul J. Smith and Lee Harline composed the incidental musical score. And since Disney did not have its own music publishing company at the time, the publishing rights for the music and songs were administered through Bourne Company Music Publishers, which continues to hold these rights. In later years, the studio was able to acquire back the music rights from many of their other films, but not Snow White. Snow White became the first American film to have a soundtrack album released in conjunction with the feature film. And before this movie, a film soundtrack recording was unheard of and of little value to a movie studio. <laughs> unheard of. Get it? Nah, yeah, it's nice. <laughs> he didn't hear it. The soundtrack was first issued as a collection on Victor J8 and 378 RPM singles, 
each of which became a top 10 hit simultaneously in February of 1938. So I had to look up what a Victor J878 RPM single was. It's the medium-sized record. Mm. Okay. I was like, is it the small one or the big one? But apparently there was a medium-sized one. The songs are I'm Wishing, which Snow White sung. Want to know a secret? Promise not to tell. We are standing by a wishing well. Make a wish into the well. That's all you have to do. And if you hear it echoing, your wish will soon come true. I'm wishing. Uh, the Prince's One Song. One song, I have but one song, one song only for you. One heart tenderly beating, ever entreating, constant and garbage i'm sorry i didn't like anything with the prince <laughs> yeah i liked his song yeah and he's weird looking. and he was singing up to the glass coffin too like <laughs> dude this is not the time yeah this man just wanders around the woods kissing dead girls also were they girls. were they a couple in phantasmic on the, the the boats yeah they were dancing they don't deserve to be why because they're the love story they had 30 seconds of screen time together. It was love's first kiss. Whatever. It was they did garbage. more kissing later. This was back He's in a garbage. time when you fell in love after you got together. Mm. Yeah. It was garbage. And it's good because that song is good. Yeah. When I get, they redid I, it for Yeah, Fantastic. I get that. That's it's fine. not great here. I didn't say it was great. I said it was garbage. I know. I'm I said it was great. I uh, <laughs> like. Yeah, go ahead. Someday my friends will come. <laughs> Well, that's just the style of singing that you don't like. But yeah, the song is it. good. Nope. Yeah, when they re- redid it for Fantastic, it's great. <laughs> uh, the next song is With a Smile and a Song, also sung by Snow White. With a smile and a song Life is just like a bright sunny day Your cares fade away And your heart is young Song is sung. 
Whistle While You Work, sung by Snow White. Now that's a song. Just whistle while you work. And cheerfully together we can tidy up the place. So I'm a merry day. It won't take long when there's a song to help you set the pace. And as you sweep the room, imagine that the room is someone that you love and so You know what? If you ask people who sung Whistle While You Work, I bet you most people will say mm-hmm. it's the dwarfs. But it's not. Uh, so who said, when we were watching it, one of you said, oh, I didn't realize that this was her song. Yeah. And then I was like, well, where did I hear this? Was it Mary Poppins? <laughs> <laughs> did they reuse this song in Mary Poppins? Well, I assumed that I was they, like, no, felt the this dwarves, is how yeah. interesting I found the movie. Mm. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I was trying to remember but the see, songs. they just come in and do some whistling, the dwarfs in the next right, song in yeah. Hi-Ho. So, yeah. Yeah, so Hi-Ho was the dwarfs. That's their main song. Hi-Ho! There's also Bluddle Uddle Um Dum, the dwarf's washing song. I feel that's where we lost Jason. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Because it was a long washing. It was a montage. long washing thing. <laughs> it was and when there they weren't got enough home, gags. They got home. But the turtle. <laughs> and then for four hours, they're trying to find her. And then they're like, she's like, all right, let's eat. And then three hours later, they still haven't eaten. The washing was a bit long. They also were washing in their clothes. So they would have come in like completely wet. Yeah. Yeah. Not that I wanted them to take off their clothes, but I'm just saying, like, it was very unrealistic. Let's just move on, Michael. (laughs) Step up to the top. Pay no disgrace. Just pull up your sleeves and get them in place. Then scoop up the water and rub it on your face and go... Pick up the soap. Now don't try to bluff. Work up the leather. And when you've got enough, get your hands full of water. And you snort and you snuff and go... You douse and sauce, rub and scrub, you sputter and splash all over the tub. You may be cold and wet when you're done, but you gotta admit it's good, clean fun. So splash all you like, taint any trick. As soon as you're through, you'll feel mighty slick. 
Bunch of old nanny goats, you make me sick going. The Dwarf's Yodel song, the silly song. From the Seven Dwarfs Mind Train. <laughs> And Someday My Prince Will Come, sung by Snow White, and then reprised at the end by a choir. In heaven, because they were dead the whole time. Mm. Yeah, that's my theory, is that she never actually woke up from, was it sleeping death? Mm Mm-hmm. And that's why when the prince like kisses her and wakes up, they see uh, the castle up in the clouds because it's heaven. I think it was just a particularly foggy day. No, it was in the clouds. Foggy. It was, it was way up there. They're in a valley. <laughs> Someday my prince will come. Someday we'll meet again. And the way to his castle will go. So let's talk about the movie. Is there anything else that we haven't already said on your thoughts <laughs> right, on the you film? You know what the scariest part of the whole movie is? When Snow White looks over at the window and the witch is just standing there <laughs> like, with her head cocked. And she's not supposed to be frightening looking, but it scared me a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's up to something. Yep. Also, like the magic mirror is terrifying. Like the voice and everything. I thought the design on the magic mirror was fantastic. And the rhyming is also great. Yeah, that is great. Um, and creepy and I think I liked everybody except Snow White and the Prince I didn't really care about Snow White at all but I liked every other part of the movie even the washing part didn't lose me but it was close to I was more interested in Snow White from like an animation standpoint not as a character see I just thought she was kind of boring on both actually she was not cartoony enough and not real enough either Mm. if we were filling out an after the movie survey for like a focus group I'd be like let's get some more of that evil queen yeah uh, she had style. Yeah. And that's why you have movies like Maleficent. Because people. Yeah, are why more... didn't they make an Evil Queen movie yet? I think they were going to, or they're going to make one, or Snow White's sister. Like they're going to do like an, one of those alternate <sighs> tellings. I don't want that. 
But the Evil Queen would have been an Evil Queen movie, but make her more evil. If you want to see a good Evil, evil queen, queen, watch Once Upon a Time. Okay. The evil Queen in that show is really good. Uh, have you ever seen those videos of the Evil Queen in Disneyland? You know, where they can, t- when the old days, when they can take time with kids and stuff? She is evil and mean <laughs> to guests. Like Gaston, you know, he's always kind of whatever. Yeah. She's, ma- get away. <laughs> <laughs> You've had your picture move. But only if you're pretty, right? Apparently, she just didn't like... Oh, Ooh, this one is nowhere near as fair as I. You may come and take a picture with me, you ugly toad. Until that last part, I guarantee verbatim that word. Probably not ugly toad. But Evil Queen slash Witch were my favorite parts of the movie. Everything she was in. Yeah, I me see too. it runs in the family, mother. <laughs> oh. There's a guy with a goofy mask on. Oh, oh, sorry, lady. <laughs> mm, nope. And I hated the prince. I hated every scene he was in. Both of them. Two? <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, I, I really, it put me off at the end when he's strolling up singing to a funeral. <laughs> he doesn't know she's not dead. Also. Yeah. It said before that it had like the text on the screen. It said he had been, he had heard tell of the sleeping princess and was searching the woods for her. It wasn't a funeral. It was a vigil. They had already had the funeral. I imagine. Yeah. And they just, they couldn't bear to bury her. She would have died of starvation. I guess she was breathing. Because if she was sleeping. Well, it was magic, Michael. I know, but I'm saying they probably knew she was alive. Magic is just science. We don't understand though. That's true. A stranger is just a friend you haven't met. Mm Mm-hmm. But she would have started to rot under yeah. that glass coffin, though. Yeah, and I'm sure she had to use the bathroom and stuff. I don't know. She may not ever had any of that soup. I wonder if it was like Tupperware when they opened that glass coffin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the smell coming out of there would have been bad. I mean, what a lovely film. And we're not, You know, what? one thing I said earlier in the movie, the, it's because of the time it was made and everything, but the colors were kind of dull a lot. They were kind of dull, yeah. But still very pretty. And... Again, going back to the detail and everything, when she's like running through the woods, like in front of trees, behind trees, like that's impressive for 1937. That's insanely impressive. Yeah, that's the power and the magic of the multiplane camera. Well, thank you, Michael. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, other than that, I I think you know what's funny is I think I enjoyed this more than the other old ones we've watched. I like it more than Cinderella. Yeah, um, yeah, me too. I think I might like Sleeping Beauty a little bit more, but Dumbo and Pinocchio, Dumbo bored me to tears, and uh, Pinocchio just confused me about as a movie, what's going on. This was simple. It had a fun little story, had good characters, except uh, the prince, um, who didn't even have a name, and then, then we're done. Yeah, Sleeping yeah. Beauty is very similarly plotted, um, but I feel like it doesn't have the same issues. Like, they're in the cabin for... 10 minutes, maybe making that cake. Great yeah. scene. Yeah. And then we get on with the poisoning. Yeah. <laughs> I think I agree with that. Um, we also go back to the, I feel like the Maleficent's castle more often. There's more with, yeah. her, with her. I could have used more evil queen, but also like how much longer do you want this movie to be? No, cut uh, out some of that middle stuff. Yeah. Cut out some of that dwarf. You house could stuff. cut out the entire washing scene, the washing scene, and then take just, a minute out of every other scene. And then you're under an hour though, probably. Nah. I think it was just a hair too long, but this movie was charming and that's what it's got going for it. They didn't have the three act story in that. <laughs> no, back then. <laughs> no, but charming. I was charmed yeah, I by go. this film. I wasn't bored. Yeah, I would agree. 
This was one of the ones where I rewatched it like maybe 10 years ago for the first time after like not seeing a long time. I was expecting like to hate it. But I was like, oh, I'm going to watch all of them. I, you know, I got to start from the beginning and really liked it. Um, again, I think more from like, a, it's cool how they did that and yeah. how pretty it looks. And like, it's just, it's like, historical in that way and like you can actually see it on screen it's not like that alone makes it extremely impressive the yeah. year when it was made yep yeah it's not one of those things where you're like why did everyone make a big deal out of this because even now it's impressive imagine yeah. like 80 years ago well there's you know not modern but cartoons when we were kids like for like animated like not features but like saturday morning cartoons are garbage Terrible. compared to this <laughs> just garbage but mm-hmm. i mean they're cheap yeah and this, you could tell they put a lot of time and effort and care into this movie. And even if, like, I don't know, there are times on some of the other ones where it was boring because it was just nothing was, at least something was happening in this movie yeah. most of the time. Yeah. All right. Well, let's find out what other people thought of this movie. They're all dead now. <laughs> The film was a tremendous critical success with many reviewers hailing it as a genuine work of art recommended for both children and adults. Although film histories often state that the animation of the human characters was criticized, more recent scholarship found their contemporary reviewers praised the realistic style of the human animation, with several stating that audiences had forgotten that they were watching animated humans rather than real ones. It was a simpler time. Yeah, it's like the train going through the tunnel. (laughs) I didn't love Snow White's animation, actually. I loved her design and her dress and everything. Just she seemed really kind of boring looking to me. Yeah, like Cinderella, beautiful. It was more of the movement like, that I was impressed I, the with. The movement, but her as like a I just, Yeah, yeah. I feel I, like they needed to outline her a little more. She needs more of a chin. Yeah. Mm. One. That's one more drawing. One more <laughs> line there, guys. I'm going to yeah. go ahead and tell you how Cut, to do your business. Take out one of the animals and use those lines for mm-hmm. her Snow White's chin. <laughs> the animals didn't bother me. Michael was fixated on these I animals. I wasn't bothered by it. I was just impressed. There like, were a lot of like, them. For your, there is their first animated feature, and they decided to make seventy animals. There are more animals in this than Bambi, probably. (laughs) Probably, yeah. Probably, like it's crazy. Bambi had a lot of just looking around. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Frank S. Nugent of the New York Times felt that quote, "Mr. Disney and his technical crew have outdone themselves. The picture more than matches expectation. It is a classic, as importantly cinematically as Birth of a Nation or The Birth of Mickey Mouse." Okay. (laughs) <laughs> nothing quite like it has been done before and already we have gone impolite enough to clamor for an encore end quote <laughs> it's a weird sentence mm-hmm. Variety observed that quote so perfect is the illusion so tender the romance and fantasy so emotional are certain portions when the acting of the characters strikes a depth comparable to the sincerity of human players that the film approaches real greatness end quote For his achievement in the film, Walt received a full-size Oscar statuette alongside seven miniature ones, like we mentioned, presented by Shirley Temple. The film was deemed, quote, as a significant screen innovation which has charmed millions and pioneered a great new entertainment field. It was also nominated for Best Musical Score. Did not win. Review aggregator website Rotten Tomatoes reports that 98% of the critics gave it a positive review based on 52 reviews, and its consensus states, quote, with its involving story and characters, vibrant art, and memorable songs, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs set the animation standard for decades to come, end quote. Financially, the film was also a success both domestically and internationally, which we've already discussed. All right. Did you guys know that Snow White has some presents in the park? She left us presents in the park? I love presents. presents. Oh. 
Her presence is pretty much everywhere. Okay. Good story. (laughs) (laughs) The attraction Snow White's Scary Adventures appears in three of the five Disney resorts around the world after closing at the Magic Kingdom in 2012. At Disneyland, their version of the attraction recently reopened as Snow White's Enchanted Wish, with an updated cottage and mind sequence also being showcased to give the attraction a happier ending. It took until 2020 (laughs) for to not scare the children. I read a thing about Disneyland's attraction that when it first opened before they redid Fantasyland in 1983... Where um, there's some scene where the evil queen's holding out like an apple, mm-hmm. and people would like take the apple. <laughs> <laughs> and so when they redid it, they changed that. So people that were wild. now it's like a pro- yeah. now it's like a projection Throwing of an apple. Bearings. <laughs> Poor Mr. Lincoln. <laughs> yeah, it, I'll tell you, it scared me as a kid. I didn't want yeah. to ride it, and it never had a wait uh, forever. It's so yeah. scary. It was too scary. It wasn't a good ride. You know, it was better, Mr. Toad. That was scary. Went to and hell. they went to hell. <laughs> this ride was scarier, and Mr. Toad went to hell. <laughs> Much of the cast also appears as walk-around characters, including Snow White, the dwarfs, the prince, and the queen. And other appearances of the uh, parks include uh, Snow White's Grotto, which is a small area near Fantasyland at Disneyland, Hong Kong Disneyland, and Tokyo Disneyland. The Candy Cauldron is a candy shop specializing in caramel apples at Downtown Disney, themed to the queen and witch. The storybook Land Canal Boats features the cottage and mine of the seven dwarfs at Disneyland, and I think some of the other parks. Mickey Mouse Review, an attraction that formerly appeared at the Magic Kingdom and Tokyo Disneyland, featured Snow White and the dwarfs. Cinderella Castle Mystery Tour, a former Tokyo Disneyland attraction, focused on the villains that featured the witch's laboratory. Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, a roller coaster constructed as part of the Fantasyland expansion at the Magic Kingdom and part of the opening at Shanghai Disneyland. Fantasmic features Snow White. I appreciate that, by the way. (laughs) Just so you know. Features Snow White and the prince in its princess medley, like we talked about. And the queen serves as the primary antagonist. In its Tokyo Disney Sea incarnation, the magic mirror plays a larger role in the show, serving as a means of trapping Mickey in a projection surface for the Disney villains to appear inside, folding back for the climactic encounter with Dragon Maleficent. She's the primary antagonist for Fantasmic? Well, she kind of shared that with Maleficent. Well, she's the one that does the spell that kind of yeah. makes Maleficent appear. I guess. Yeah, she's the one that takes us into, or turns it into a nightmare. Phantasmic. Yeah. Okay. And Disneyland's Fantasy Theater hosted Snow White, an enchanted musical from 2004 to 2006. Wah, wah. And there's probably a lot more. Basically, there's a lot of Snow White. Like, even the background music, you'll hear Snow White. Would you believe there's an expanded universe to Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs? No, nope. liar. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care what these bullets say. <laughs> so following the film's release, a number of Snow White-themed merchandise was sold, including hats, dolls, garden seeds, and glasses. What? Garden seeds? <laughs> garden seeds. Apples, maybe? Mm. The film's merchandise generated sales of $8 million, equivalent to over $100 million adjusted for inflation. The 1984 film Gremlins used the cartoon in the theater scenes. Oh, yeah. Walt Disney's Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs was released for the Game Boy Color System in 2001. Ooh, that's a bit of a stretch. It also makes an appearance in the PlayStation 2 game Kingdom Hearts as one of the seven fabled princesses of heart. A world based on the movie Dwarf Woodlands appears in Kingdom Hearts' Birth by Sleep for the PSP. In 2013's free-to-play mobile game Snow White Queen's Return, also known as Seven Dwarfs the Queen's Return, an uncanonical continuation of the film, the queen has survived the fall at the climax of the film and then reverted to her youthful form to cast a curse on Snow White and the dwarfs and their entire forest. Hmm. 
There was a Broadway musical. Shut up. <laughs> Unknown Mary Jo Salerno played Snow White in the Disney-produced Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, also known as Snow White Live at Radio City Music Hall. Huh. Music and lyrics for four new songs were created by Jay Blackton and Joe Cook, respectively. Titles include Welcome to the Kingdom of Once Upon a Time and Will I Ever See Her Again. It ran from October 18th to November 18th, 1979, and January 11th to March 9th, 1980, a total of 106 performances. I think it was just before its time. Probably. That was before Disney was really in the Broadway game. Yeah. When was it? Uh, 1979, 1980. Oh, wow. Yeah. In the 2000s, Disney Toon Studios began development on a computer-animated prequel to Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs titled The Seven Dwarfs. Director Mike Deesa and screenwriter Evan... Philiotopolis pitched a story explaining how the dwarfs met and how the evil queen killed Snow White's father and took the throne. According to Disa, Disney Toon Management changed the prequel to center around how Dopey lost his voice upon witnessing the death of his mother. Oh, God. <laughs> Lord. <laughs> Who's <laughs> asking for this? <laughs> After Disney purchased Pixar in 2006, John Lasseter, Disney Toon's new chief creative officer, canceled dwarfs. <laughs> I bet he just read what we did. Uh, no. No, and fire that guy. Uh, yeah. No, they were probably like, that would make a good Pixar I'd fire movie. Me too. <laughs> a live action remake of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs is currently in pre-production, having been postponed due to the COVID-19 pandemic. It is being directed by Mark Webb and stars Rachel Zegler as Snow White and Gal Gadot as the Evil Queen. Filming will take place in early 2022 for a release TBD. Not much is known about it besides that it will be a musical, and the script is written by Aaron Cressida Wilson, while Ben Passage and Justin Paul, who also wrote new song material for the live-action adaptation of Aladdin, will write new songs for the project. So that's exciting. I like their songs. I like the Aladdin. Yeah. And I'm excited to see Gal Gadot do anything as an evil queen. That sounds really cool. All right. Do you want to know some differences between the film and the original source material? Sure. One was a cartoon (laughs) and one was a book. That should be the first one. Well, you already said it, so I'll skip that one. Snow White's birth parents appear at the beginning of the original story. Snow White is only seven-year-old when she is declared the fairest one of all, and the queen sends the huntsman to kill her. Being a family film, Disney increased her age to 14 to soften the story. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That helps. In the original story, Snow White was not reduced to servanthood. It's still unclear in this one. <laughs> like, yeah, because when she went out, she was dressed in fine clothing. She had great clothes. Yeah, well, she went to die. Well, she didn't know that. She, she thought was, she was just going out she to was pick just, flowers. Yeah. I know, so she was probably allowed to dress nice. No, I no. See, we I need- think she just she was just trying to help out around the castle, <laughs> and thought she put on an old dress. She probably had a servant go make her an old-looking dress. Yeah. Well, the queen was actually more malice than in the film. In the original story, after the huntsman brings back her heart, liver, and lungs of a boar, the queen, thinking they are Snow White's, has them made into a stew, which she then eats, delighted in knowing that Snow Mm. White has been killed. Again, I just love how petty this queen is. Like Even the one in this film is not much less than that. She would have done it. She's like Cartman. If somebody had thought of it, the stew and and this queen would have done that too. I love her cackling too. It's just fantastic. Snow White did not have any animal friends in the original fairy tale. In the original book, the dwarfs were much gruffer to Snow White at first, but they grew to love her over time as they let her into their home. In the film, it was only Grumpy whom is much gruffer to Snow White at first, but he then learns to love her over time, even being the first to lead the rest of the dwarfs to go after the queen after the latter killed her with the poison apple. 
Well, sleep killed her. Yeah. The and qu- the lack of oxygen would have killed her, too. The queen does not transform into a peddler woman, but merely paints her face. Oh, well, huh? okay. Yeah. In the original story, the queen tried to kill Snow White three times. First was by lacing her bodice up so tight that she couldn't breathe. When that fails, she tries to drug her with a poison comb. When that also fails, she finally used a poison apple. And then she shot her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In the original story, Snow White sleeps in the glass coffin for many years, growing into a young woman the whole time. In the film, she does so for about a year. Yuck. Really? Yeah. How long was that prince roaming around? About a year? Read the text. How big is the kingdom? (laughs) Not big. It's Germany. Oh. That's probably big. It's not that big. I mean, it's pretty big. Yeah, well. For a horseback? Yeah. Yeah. Don't call him that. (laughs) In the original fairy tale, Snow White actually wasn't awakened by love's first kiss. Instead, the prince buys the coffin from the dwarfs, and they help him carry it back to the castle. Gross! <laughs> in some version, the prince's servants assist in doing so. But one of the dwarfs' trips causing the coffin to fall was dislodge the piece of the apple from Snow White's throat. All right, one, wow. what's he buying it for? Because creepy. Two, they loved her so much, what are they selling it for? Yeah. And how much? Well, maybe he wanted to keep the vigil so that they wouldn't have to. Sounded like he wanted to buy this dead girl. <laughs> uh, <laughs> At the very end of the story, the queen attends Snow White and the prince's wedding and is shocked to see that the bride is Snow White. As punishment for her attempted murders, her feet are forcibly placed into red-hot iron shoes that have been sitting on red-hot coals, and she dances until she falls down dead. In the film, she was defeated much earlier after the dwarfs chased her up a cliff. She soon falls to her death when a bolt of lightning strikes the ledge. And then a boulder falls on her, which I thought yeah. was funny. We don't know the, bo- the, the boulder falls on her. In my head, Cannon, the boulder okay. falls on her. I think she survives <laughs> and goes on to make dwarfs, dwarfs. the Disney tune. <laughs> a gritty retelling. And then there's just a couple of miscellaneous trivia things. This is the only animated film in the Disney animated canon during Walt Disney's lifetime to open with the on-screen credit, a Walt Disney feature production, and the opening credits instead of Walt Disney Presents. The song, Someday My Prince Will Come, became a jazz standard and has been performed by numerous artists, including Buddy Rich, Oscar Peterson, and Miles Davis. The film is one of the few classics Disney has that does not have a sequel. And the dwarfs have only four fingers, a thumb, and three other dwarfs. I noticed that. I <laughs> thought I was uh, not seeing it correctly. Is that like time. what the Simpsons have? Uh, yeah. A thumb yep. and three digits? Yep. It's Lazy. easier to draw. Lazy. Yeah. yeah. That's what it is. See, they could have They spent all that s- time on the animals. Yeah. <laughs> Take away two of the animals and add some, well, I guess, 14 of the animals. Yeah. <laughs> add they, another they finger three, and do an outline. I guess it would be 28. They did it in three years, which is pretty impressive, really. Yeah, so many animals. Takes them like 10 years to do anything now. All right, so wrapping this up, is this a classic and does the film hold up today? I think we already talked a little bit about this. Yeah, I think so. Absolutely, yeah. 100%. It wasn't as um has a few things we wouldn't do today. Yeah, but not as much as some but of the yeah, other But yeah, not as not, much. Not as much, but just a couple. Dopey, you wouldn't do. Um, what did he do? Just being, you know. Oh, yeah. And the 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 wicked wiles, women's yeah, wicked definitely. wiles. <laughs> you know what? Grumpy may still say something to that effect. Yeah. Uh, but not just completely sexist like that. Yeah. Not as overtly sexist. Right. How about that? He would imply. <laughs> or he would have said it and, and one of the other dwarfs would have corrected him. Or They'd have hit him. Hit him on the back yeah. of the head or something. And then he'd be the villain and team up with the queen. <laughs> and be the spy from the inside. Yeah. Dwarfs. Dwarfs. <laughs> Coming soon. Now there's a musical. That's the musical name. 
All right. So what is our next Disney classic, Jason? Uh, next up is the 2001 yeah. classic. Will's not going to like this. Atlantis, The Lost <laughs> Empire. I got no issue. I've never seen it. Yeah, he's never seen it. Yeah. I'm excited. It's filmed in CinemaScope. What does that mean? That is how is that getting me to want to see it? <laughs> Super widescreen. It's got Michael J. Fox and okay. Leonard Nimoy. Okay. And the the tale of Atlantis. Yeah. And Kita. She's cool. Yeah. Submarines. No matter what happens, you don't like submarines I, now? I love submarines. The only mm-hmm. thing I've ever said about Atlantis is when y'all bring it up, I'm like, you're the only two people I've ever heard speak of this movie. <laughs> I honestly don't remember if it's good or not, yeah. but I remember it's seeing good. it. Good. I remember it being good. Okay. I, I I'm I'm certainly willing to give it a try. It's no treasure planet, but it's close. Which I've also not seen. Yeah. All right. Well, that's exciting. So we'll see you next time on our animated Disney classics. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you real soon. Bye. Oh, yeah. Did you guys have anything else to say? Tarnation. She's not good. That's surprisingly accurate. (laughs) But the prince is worse. I missed when you were talking about the castle, so. What? Hmm? It's so small. Such as it is. It's Sleeping Beauty's castle. Oh, I didn't mention the castle. Huh? It's Sleeping Beauty's castle. Oh, okay. Never mind. Carry on. <laughs> Carry on. You missed it because he didn't Cause say it. it didn't happen. <laughs> All right. The one.